Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and let's get started on part two of looking at the renal arteries. And let's pick it up here with renal artery aneurysms. And renal artery aneurysms are not that uncommon. The most common cause is atherosclerosis, though fibromuscular dysplasia can also be an important cause. We can see it in such entities as neurofibromatosis, polyarthritis nodosa, and it can be seen in the trauma setting. Typically, intervention will occur if aneurysms are greater than two centimeters in size or for almost any size aneurysm in a woman of childbearing age. A couple articles, renal artery aneurysms are extremely rare clinical entities which constitute local dilatation of the renal arteries or its branches. It can be categorized into four basic types, saccular, fusiform, dissecting, and intrarenal. And saccular is the most common type. This is a recent article, actually impressed by Zoe et al. In that article, they spoke about some of the predisposing factors, uh, congenital malformations of the kidney, untreated hypertension. As I mentioned, atherosclerosis is typically considered number one malignancies, radiation, and consumption of cyclophosphamide. So there are a number of different causes. And this article also makes the point that occasionally you actually can have spontaneous rupture of renal artery aneurysm. Here's a nice case. Two examples, two left renal artery aneurysms. The first one is a very long sort of lobular tubular type aneurysm. The second one, case two, is a more common focal eccentric aneurysm of the renal artery near the hilum of the left kidney. Very nice example. And you can see the first case, if we look at it more carefully, there's actually multiple lobular components to the aneurysm. It's very long. This is actually a very difficult one to treat because the one where it's just eccentric, you potentially can embolize. Here it's much more difficult. You can try stenting, but it's a very long area to stent. Here's just a very nice example of that focal dilatation and extent of the aneurysm. Here's a second case with that focal eccentric outpouching of the renal artery, nicely shown on the axials and on the MIP imaging, as well as in the 3D volume rendering. In terms of renal artery aneurysm size, as we mentioned, is critical. Once it's over two centimeters, typically something will be done. You can see coiling. At times with large aneurysms, they may undergo resection and tying off of the aneurysm. CTA is very helpful in these cases, as you can see in this example. I'm simply rotating the aneurysm, giving you a better feel of where the aneurysm is. And again, the size and the neck will really help you determine how to manage that patient. When we talk about aneurysms, we also should at least mention pseudoaneurysms. This is a nice example of a patient who had a renal tumor with ablation. One of the complications of ablation is pseudoaneurysms of the renal artery. You can see in this case there's blood by the uh, posterior aspect of the kidney. This patient had ablation. You might expect to see some blood, but this was a lot. And of course, you can see the key finding, which is that pseudoaneurysm of one of the branch vessels of the renal artery near the site of the patient's procedure. And again, you can see it here in the MIP or on the volume rendered images. Some patients with renal artery aneurysms have other aneurysms as well. Here's a case of a splenic artery aneurysm and a large right renal artery aneurysm. And these are the aneurysms that are really problematic. These larger ones are the ones that potentially uh, can rupture. 
And you can see as we go from the 2D to the 3D imaging how much more impressive that aneurysm is. Again, the 3D mapping allows us to really predict what the best way of treating that patient's aneurysm is. Now, I mentioned before atherosclerosis and fibromuscular dysplasia are some of the things we see as predisposing factors to aneurysms, but also you should consider some of the collagen vascular diseases. Ehlers-Danlos type 4, the so-called vascular syndrome, can have aneurysms of multiple different areas from the chest to the abdomen to the pelvis to the extremities, and these potentially can rupture. So here's a very nice case, and I'll show you a bunch of images of a patient with vascular elos-danlos. You can see the aneurysm of the left subclavian artery. As you scan into the abdomen, you see the aneurysm of the patient's celiac and of the SMA. And look at the right kidney. You see the blood around the right kidney. And as we track downward, you can see the patient has an aneurysm. But in this case, the aneurysm has ruptured and there's blood in the peri and pararenal space on the right side. This, you can see the spasm of that renal artery on the MIP imaging. This was a very nice example of a spontaneous rupture of a renal artery aneurysm. Again, patients with Ehlers-Danlos, any of their aneurysms, whether it's the SMA or the hepatic artery or the celiac, can spontaneously rupture. So it's a high risk. These patients are difficult to manage because there's so many aneurysms. Which ones do you treat? And these patients are very high surgical risks. So it's really a very challenging sets of images. You can see in this case with the ruptured aneurysm, to make one other point, that sometimes when the aneurysm ruptures, you just don't appreciate it. All you see is the blood and stranding around, so you can really lose sight of the aneurysm itself. Another thing that we see, not uncommonly, is renal artery dissection. And the most common cause is extension from an abdominal aortic aneurysm into the renal arteries. Sometimes it's due to trauma, sometimes fibromuscular dysplasia. There's an association with dissections of many different areas, particularly mesenteric vessels and renal arteries in the patients with antiphospholipid antibody, and then occasionally idiopathic. And here's just a nice example. Look at the patient's right renal artery, and I'm showing it to you in axial and coronal and MIP-type displays. You can see the aneurysm is very focal. This was one of the cases where there was no associated uh, aortic dissection. Sometimes renal artery aneurysms can be a sequela of prior uh, procedures, like a patient has a catheter in the renal artery. Other times, it's spontaneous. Uh, spontaneous renal artery dissection is postulated to be a result of intramural hemorrhage from the vasovasorum, or penetration of blood into the arterial wall through an intimal tear. A spontaneous renal artery dissection has an incidence of 0.05% with a predilection for middle-aged men. And the rarity and nonspecific presentation can lead to delay in diagnosis or in misdiagnosis. I'll show you a couple examples. Here's a patient with a classic type B dissection. You follow it down in the thoracic aorta. You follow it into the abdominal aorta. And you follow it into the left renal artery. You can see very nicely in this case subtle differential function left to right kidney. And then here you can see it again with the MIP imaging. You see the flap in the aorta. You see that the true lumen uh, gives rise to the SMA. Uh, the false lumen and true lumen both give rise to the patient's uh, left renal artery. As you can see, the dissection tracking into the vessel, very nicely seen. Just a really nice example. Now, renal artery thrombosis. 
uh, is a rare event. It can be due to trauma or embolization. Yes, it can be due to in instrumentation and hypercoagulability states. We always do think about the possibility of embolism, particularly patients with atrial fib, patients with recent or prior myocardial infarctions or rheumatic mitral disease. CT may show single or multiple emboli as well as potentially some case of global renal infarction, and sometimes you actually see the vessel thrombosis. Here's a nice example. Patient had atrial fib. Look at the left kidney, patchy, low-density zones, and you can see this patient has thrombus in the left main renal artery, very nicely shown on the arterial phase imaging with MIP. Here it is showing you some of the areas of infarction in the kidney, and again, image on your right showing you the irregularity in the patient's uh, left renal artery. And here you can see this again, there's an area of thrombus in the renal artery proximally, and there's several thrombi as one extends further down the vessel. On the venous phase, you actually see the extent of perfusion defect better. You see how sharply marginated it is? You might think about polynephritis, and I guess in theory, one can think about that, but obviously with the arterial involvement, it's gonna be an infarct. Now, another uncommon but very impressive renal artery process is renal AV malformations. Acquired renal AV malformations are the most common type of the three-quarters of cases, often due to trauma, often iatrogenic trauma, whether it's biopsy or surgery. Congenital renal AVMs make up about a quarter of all cases and usually present in the third to fourth decade of life. Renal AVMs can be large or can be small. The smaller ones are more common. Several facts, aneurysms are usually located, or these malformations rather, are located near the renal sinus. They're usually solitary and right-sided. Presentation may be very acute with gross hematuria or more chronic with hypertension. You can see flank pain and high cardiac output. Treatment is optimally minimally invasive, uh, percutaneous transarterial embolization therapy with surgery reserved for cases with large AV malformations or intractable to medical or endovascular repair. Some examples. You can see in this case, when you look at the right hilum, there's a whole bunch of vessels present in the hilar regions, which are easier to see in the 3D volume rendering as a cluster. And here's the uh, renal arteries in that AV malformation. Just a very nice example. And this patient eventually had this embolized, the patient's presentation with hematuria. This was initially confused with a tumor. Another example, this is a patient who presented for a non-contrast stone protocol. Well, the stone protocol looked good and the kidney looked good. But look what happens when you give IV contrast. Look at that patient's large AV malformation that's present in the hilum of the kidney. Here it is again on some of the MIP imaging. Just a very impressive malformation. You can see the AV shunting, a really good case. Let's look at another case. When you look at this example, this is indeed impressive. When you look at the non-contrast, what's going on? Look how big the renal veins are, and there's something soft tissue in both pelvises. Kind of very unusual looking, even on the coronal view. When you give IV contrast, you realize what's going on. Look at the early filling and the size of the renal veins. This is classic shunting with an AV malformation. You can see it very nicely in the 3D images. Look how fast you're seeing filling of the uh, suprarenal IVC. 
just indeed very, very impressive. And here's just some more of the images showing you the AV shunting and the draining into the IVC. Just a very nice uh, examination. Article by Dames makes the point, congenital uh, renal artery AV malformations or abnormal communications between internal uh, venous and arterial systems. They cause hematuria. Patients can be hypertensive. And again, this could range from an incidental finding to high output from a giant AV malformation. Again, classic presentation is hematuria. It's not typically suspected clinically. Again, it can be idiopathic, congenital, or acquired. Uh, at times, I've seen it confused, particularly in later phase imaging with an infiltrating tumor like a transitional cell. I've seen a few cases biopsied with subsequent hemorrhage, so you need to be very careful. AV malformations in the kidney, like almost any area, can be a sequela of prior surgery or prior biopsy. So again, a very important diagnosis, not to confuse it with other things. In terms of management, as I mentioned, uh, embolization therapy is key. Um, there's certain advantages and certain disadvantages, but you want to try to avoid surgery when at all possible. Surgical treatment is reserved for larger cirrhoid malformations, cases of intractable to medical uh, care or endovascular therapy, and cases related to malignancy. So sometimes you will have to go to surgery, but you'd like to avoid that. Last thing I'll comment on is one of the most classic applications for, for looking into renal arteries. That's for preoperative planning for laparoscopic nephrectomy or partial nephrectomy or ablation. We look at the mapping to see where the renal arteries are and can determine whether or not a patient can get a partial nephrectomy. We need vascular maps for the surgeon to be able to know where the extent of tumor is and can they cut across normal tissue and preserve negative margins. We want to know what the vascularity of a lesion is. Does an added benefit? Is it clear cell, which is very vascular, versus papillary, which is not, is not vascular? And again, this whole idea about planning therapy, whether it's ablation or it's classic surgery, all critically can be done when we look at the angiographic maps. And again, uh, just some of the criteria for partial nephrectomy, stage 1A for tumors under 4 centimeters, surgical excision by partial nephrectomy is recommended. And for stage B in the 4 to 7 centimeter range, partial nephrectomy, if feasible, is ideal. So they kind of give you a little wiggle room in that regard. Uh, in terms of laparoscopic nephrectomy, as we stage patients, give the number of renal arteries, it's very helpful for planning surgery. Uh, again, um, what happens is that sometimes you have complications if you're unaware of the uh, vascular anatomy. Uh, the same article by Rahman, in our experience, renal hyaluronic tumors are over 2.5 times more likely to be managed by open nephrectomy owing to the complexity of resection. And again, sometimes the complexity relates to a lack of knowledge. 3D imaging tends to make this a lot easier. So concluding then, some of the pearls and pitfalls. The most common errors in the evaluation of the renal arteries are basic and usually revolve around poor data acquisition or poor display. Interpretation errors are more common in patients with complex vascular anatomy and in patients with larger tumors. Vascular pathologies like renal AVM and renal artery aneurysms are often medical and there are surgical emergencies and should be treated as such. And although some renal vascular cases are patients presenting with acute symptoms, 
Others will present with incidental findings. So again, it's very important to be aware of the kidneys, look at their enhancement pattern, be able to suggest disease early, and those patients will be managed correctly. And hopefully I've managed to show you a range of different processes that I think are indeed very interesting. And with that, have a great day.